What can pastors do to strengthen and honor the marriages in their churches? Dr. Greg Smalley talks about how he's working alongside pastors and ministry leaders to strengthen families. It's all in episode 33 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping you lead better every day. And now here's your host, podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, Andrew Hess. Thanks for tuning in to episode 33 of the Church Leaders Podcast. Our guest this week is Dr. Greg Smalley. Greg is the Vice President of Marriage and Family Ministries at Focus on the Family. You'll want to hear Greg's vision for working with pastors and churches to help couples have stronger marriages and also help them replicate strong marriages. And now, here's our conversation with Greg Smalley. Well, Dr. Greg Smalley, thanks so much for being our guest here on the Church Leaders Podcast. You are welcome. Thanks for having me. That's brave of you. <laughs> Not too many people. Yeah, well, Greg, do this. Yeah, you know, you are the the vice president of marriage and family here, folks in the family, and this is a place I love. I spent four uh, good years here working with Focus. I and, remember. Yeah, and then you abandoned us, but that's okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. Yeah, but I guess I brought it up kind of <laughs> indirectly. I set you up for that. But Greg, I wanted to to talk to you about. Um, you know, marriage and, and family, you're working, you, Focus is doing such great work here, uh, supporting families and marriages. And at Church Leaders, that's something that we hear a lot from our audience. Uh, pastors want help. They want insight into how can they help strengthen families. And I think a lot of pastors feel like, man, there's bad news about family. It seems like marriages are on the decline and, and you hear all this stuff. Right. Tell us about how it kind of God laid marriage and family on your heart and kind of led you to focus on the family. You know, one of my favorite analogies about what I'm passionate about in terms of marriage, um, we had at some point, we were living in Arkansas, I had this whatever weed was in my grass. And so my wife's going, you got to do something about these weeds. So, you know, I marched down to whatever Home Depot Lowe's and, and I just on my own just picked up some sprays I'm looking at and bring them back and I go around the lawn, you know, you know, spraying them. Mm -hmm. And a couple days later, you know, Aaron goes, uh, you got to come see this. So go back out to the lawn and everywhere that I sprayed was dead spots, except for the weeds. Oh no. It like didn't affect, it it like made them bigger. (laughs) They were like drinking in whatever I was spraying on them. (laughs) So she's begging me, please go talk to someone, which is, you know, come on, there's a guy, really? All right. So I go back. So I'm talking to this guy and I took pictures and so I'm showing him, hey, here's a picture of the weed. And he's like, well, what did you use? And I showed him and he's like, oh yeah, that's the worst thing you could have done. And I thought, really? And he goes, no, he goes, for this particular kind of weed, you don't ever want to go after the weed. He goes, what you want to do is you want to grow the healthy grass around the weed and eventually the healthy grass will choke out the weeds. And when I heard him say that, it was really cool. I just, I flashed to everything that I was passionate about marriage. And I just went, you know what, buddy, you know, you may be from Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever, but that's the best definition of marriage ministry I've ever heard. Instead of trying to weed out divorce, instead of trying to focus on the problem, I really get passionate about focusing on how do we grow healthy marriages knowing that as those spread, you know, that that's what's going to end up choking out divorce. And so I don't give much time to, hey, how do we eliminate divorce? What are we doing about all these problems? Really what I get passionate about is going, how do we help couples have stronger marriages so that they can replicate 
strong marriages. So my my vision statement, strong marriages, replicating strong marriages. So my hope is that if we can, you know, whatever season someone's in, so they may be in a great season or they may be in a hard season, We just, how, how do we help them get stronger and then give them a vision of going, now is your opportunity then to help someone else. So you be strong so you can help another couple be strong. And as we continue to do that, that ripple effect I mean, over time, is is I kept applying whatever stuff he gave me. That was it. Really happened. The healthy grass took over, and the weeds were were gone. And that's the opportunity of the church. I mean, mm-hmm. we have so many amazing couples who are passionate about marriage, who who have good marriages, strong marriages, and even those who are hurting. And boy, once they get back on the right path, man, that that becomes our army. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I just I, I love the local church. It, for many reasons, that being one of them, it's just it contains an army of strong marriages, and I think that's the answer. Yeah, and I know that like at, at here at Focus, a lot of the things that you're doing to support strong marriages and, and build strong families, you're working alongside of pastors yes. and ministry leaders. And so, can you talk about some of those initiatives that you guys are doing, where you see part of the work of folks in the family is to work alongside of pastors and ministry leaders. You know, a number of years ago, I was listening to Rick Warren talk about his, what he called the peace plan. He's going to go into uh, Western Rwanda and get medical care for anyone there. And the problem was there were only a couple clinics, a couple hospitals, and, and, you know, it took someone like three days walk to get there. And I'll never forget what he, he showed this PowerPoint and he clicked a button and, you know, four or five, six, seven dots lit up around this map. And that's what he was saying, the clinics and the hospitals and the doctors. And then he clicked the button again and the entire map filled with red dots. So, I mean, he had us all there, captivated, mm. going, what on earth? And he goes, now, the, the, here are the number of churches in Western Rwanda. He goes, if we want to spread medical care, do you think it's going to go through a hospital, a doctor, a clinic? No, it's going to go through the local church. And when, when I saw that, I thought, man, that, that, you could make that same argument for marriage. You know, mm-hmm. we could have the same map here in the U.S. We could click a couple buttons and maybe focus on the family and family life and a number of other great ministries would pop up. But you hit that button again, that thing would be lit up full of red dots representing the local church. And to me... The church should be the number one distribution center of not just medical care, like in Western Rwanda, but but for healthy marriages. Because mm-hmm. the church is just so ideally positioned that, that most of the marriage activities go on within church, whether that's seminars, small groups, Sunday school classes, whether we're preaching on that. And, and that's why our heart here at Focus is we, how, how do we serve and support how do we offer maybe some products or, or whatever to help churches really do that well? But, but we want to make it clear, though, that we, we don't see us focus being the answer. Mm. We're, we're, we're a part, but we really do see the local church as wow. being the answer. And I mean that, because mm-hmm. that, that might sound, well, hey, you're on Andrew's podcast, and of course you're going <laughs> to give lip service to the... You know, but, but honestly, no. I really do see the church as the number one distribution center. For, wow. for healthy marriages. And pastors and ministry leaders that are listening right now and, and, and have that vision, share that vision, and, and they, they're on the front lines in a lot of ways. You know, they, they feel 
you know, the marriage crisis firsthand because they, you know, they have couples in their offices oh, and, absolutely. you know, they're doing that. How it's overwhelming. It is. And I think a lot of times, I mean, that's what we hear is that the pastors are just overwhelmed. They don't feel like they're equipped to, to do this. And that's where I think you guys play such a great role is some of the things that you guys are developing pastors can lean on. And so it's, it's, it's resourcing pastors. And so that's, that's the thing I'm most passionate about is, is letting our audience know some of the great things yeah. that you guys are doing. So can you tell us, I, I, I'm really excited about the, the honor marriage events. Yeah. Right. Is that the right, I'm going to get the it, name It right. is. Yeah. You know, when we think about, about helping couples, we, we divide it into three categories. You have to prepare couples to get married, hmm. like someone I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to strengthen existing marriages, then help couples who are in crisis. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that in a broadest sense really is the marriage ministry plan in every church like it is for us. And so, for example, you know, for preparing couples to get married, we have this new program called Ready to Wed. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we spent a ton of time just interviewing pastors going, um, we know that you really don't want to marry someone unless they go through, you know, some kind of training. What if we gave you, put together kind of the best people teaching on these 10 topics that every couple needs to know? By the way, mm. the research shows that couples who go through that through premarital education, at least eight mm-hmm. to 10 hours, 80% stay together. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that that's huge. Yeah. And, and, and again, the best place where, where we can do that is when the church, because that pastor can say, before I marry you, you're going to go through something like a ready to wed. But to support the church, what we've done is that everything that we create has a um, a mentor component with it. Mm-hmm. Because to your point, pastors are overwhelmed. And instead of saying, here, pastor, here's one more thing for you to do, they're all built for that you know, marriage mentor or another couple in the church. I, like I was saying, that, that army of people that are in every church can use. So the pastor isn't burdened by that and can say, hey, you know, Fred and Nancy, here you go. Why don't, why don't you guys take some of our couples through that? And they get to build the relationship with the couple, but we provide sort of the education so you know it's coming from a reliable source. So that's why everything we do, though, is with that in mind. How do we lift up the mentors in the congregation so that the pastor isn't burdened, but the relationships are not being built with focus, are being built with the, the couple using some of the resources that we provide. Mm-hmm. And so that that's on the prepare side, the strengthen side, like you were talking about. What was cool is I, I was just checking my schedule. Someone had asked, you know, hey, can you come speak at our church next, you know, Valentine's Day, 2016, February 4th, 14th. <laughs> Better get that one right. <laughs> um, honey, sorry. Um, and I just happened to notice that it was on a Sunday. Valentine's Day is on a Sunday this year. Mm. So we started going, what would that be like for for churches who probably a lot will stay away from, you know, we're not going to preach, you know, on on Valentine's But what if it hits a Sunday? Is there a cool opportunity? And so we just started asking questions going, if it's on a Sunday, would you want to do anything? And, and what we kept hearing is going, yeah, but not sure what we do. And mm. then, and then, yeah, and then what's hard about that, if we talk about marriage or it excludes, you know, maybe the youth or singles. And just so what we did is that we thought, well, well, first of all, Hebrews 13, 4 says that marriage should be honored by all. So what would that look like if if an entire congregation, so the kids, the youth, singles, married couples, what it, what would it look like for all of us to honor marriage? And so we we put together the, this kit for a church, just using that that verse. 
And, and what's cool is so we give pastor il- uh, sermon illustrations, all the, everything you would need. Plus we give little activities so the whole church on that Sunday can be talking about how to honor marriage. Like for kids, like when, you know, Aaron and I have four kids. We've been married almost 24 years. And from day one, we have always taught our kids, hey, when we put you to bed at, at whatever, 8, 8.30, if you get out of bed, see, you're actually taken away from mom and dad's time. This is where we strengthen our marriage. And so what we would do is we would we'd say, so if you get out of bed and ask, I will time this. However much time you take for me, I will double that for you tomorrow. And you'll just sit in a timeout mm. for that amount of time. Hmm. And, and they learned very quickly to take us serious because we just wanted to keep them going, hey, guys, it's in your best interest for us to stay together anyway. So you got to give us that time. And so, you know, we're, we're teaching kids, how do you honor your parents' marriage, even if they've gone through a divorce? And I mean, how do you you know start to think about your own marriage, the youth, you know, singles? You know, you, you've interviewed, I know, Lisa Anderson many times with our ministry, Boundless. And, uh, and so she put together how singles can, can honor marriage. So what's cool is that you could literally have this day using Hebrews 13.4. Is this a way to the whole church honoring marriage? Instead of lamenting about the divorce rate or Supreme Court decisions, let's not focus on the problem. Let's focus on... How do you grow that healthy grass? And one of them is how do we learn how to really honor marriage? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so good because I think a lot of times we think, oh, well, people that are married should honor marriage. And we think of it in terms of honoring vows and things. Right. But I think that perspective of wherever you are kind of on the on the, on the road to marriage or or being married, um, what does it mean to hold, hold that in an honorable state and, and to, to really value that? I love that idea with the kids um, and teaching kids that, no, this is a valuable thing and that even the kids can support mom and dad's marriage. That's because right. that, that's something that, you know, growing up, I grew up in, a, in a, a great family and my parents had a really strong marriage, but I never thought about that as a kid, that, that I can actually, you know, honor their marriage in, in ways by going to bed early, apparently. <laughs> yes, well, even, you know, date nights, you know, when, when Aaron and I would try to leave, the kids are acting out, they're clinging. And I remember one time, we were trying to leave on a date, and our youngest daughter was just wrapped full arms and legs around Aaron's leg, mm. and and just would not let her go. And and I was I, I'm thinking I gotta say something here. We're never gonna get out of the house. It was so cool. At the time my 10 year old son, who's now 15, he he drops down and says, Annie, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, Hey, he goes, It's okay. You need to let mom go. Mom and dad need to go out on dates. This is how they keep their marriage strong. Mm. Honestly, he said that. Wow. It blew me away. I'm thinking, <laughs> I didn't realize you listen to anything I say anyway. Wow, you get it. It was so cute. Annie goes, really? She goes, oh, okay. She goes, well, what do they do on their date? And Garrison, it kind of stumped him. And he goes, I actually, I have no idea, but I think it ends in kissing. <laughs> I was like, that's my boy. Yeah. Yeah, you that's... get it. So, but that's a- That's good. All of that is to, that we we- with our kids, we frame all of that back into that Hebrews thirteen four. This is how you guys remember you're part of the all. This is how you honor our marriage by going to bed, letting us go out on dates, not not acting out. You know, with the babysitter getting into fights to where they're having to call us. I mean, that just drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk to him and say, Hey, are you honoring our marriage right now? You and your sister fighting, me having to take time away from your mom to intervene. Is that honoring our marriage? No, Dad. What do you need to do? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so yeah. we've really worked hard. That's the opportunity for that Valentine's Day is mm-hmm. that we can do that. And these marriage events, um, 
what's your vision for them? Like, think think about the ideal church or the church out there that kind of takes what you guys are providing and and runs with it. What would that look like yeah. that weekend for for couples in that church? Yeah, we we call it a weekend experience because obviously every church is a little bit different. You know, Friday night services, Saturday, Sunday, small groups, Sunday school, whatever. But ideally, it would be that that the whole church would do something to honor marriage. So within our Sunday school class, within our small groups that we'd be talking about how to honor marriage. And again, we give you everything you need. We give you little curriculum. I mean, it's just real simple stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the the pastor would preach a sermon on this idea of honoring marriage. What does that mean? And then what does that look like, practically speaking? And then what's cool is that we filmed a date night DVD using this this comedy tour Mm. of of a guy named Jason Earls, a guy named John Branning, and a guy named Ted Cunningham. Two of them are pastors, but they all do great relationship comedy, so marriage, family. And they're just they're they're some of the funniest guys that I know. And so a church could preach on this, their congregation could go through this in their small groups and Sunday school classes, and then they could do like, you know, a little sweetheart banquet or whatever, and we'll provide you with the entertainment. And so instead of you paying money to bring in, you know, some big name comedians, we, we tape that. It's a DVD. You, you have your banquet, you pop it in, and, and now you, you've got this built-in experience for that weekend of just Valentine's weekend, just of honoring marriage. And you're not excluding anybody. So we're not calling it a marriage event. It's honoring marriage weekend, and it ends with this kind of couples date night event. And mm-hmm. so any you know any couples can can come to that. I tell you what we've done this before, and one of the things that we saw is that there was a there one big church did this, and it's like their small group attendance rose by forty percent after hosting kind of this date night event. Because it gave them an opportunity to bring in people who ordinarily wouldn't come necessarily to a service, but they they loved this idea about just coming to a date night that felt safe. That was an easy on ramp, you know, into marriage strengthening activities. Because sometimes, I mean, honestly, a small group on marriage or a marriage book that we're going to study or a marriage event we're going to go to that that's that can be a big leap for a lot of people. It's just too. It's you know, we don't do anything, and now you want us to go to this, but a date night, that, that that's common vernacular. Everybody gets what that means. It feels safe. It feels pretty easy. And so it's just a very easy way for a church even to do some outreach and invite people and people come just to laugh and, and have fun. And, and now it's up to the church to draw them back. But we've we've watched churches really be able to do that. Well, it's so neat. And it seems like you guys have done all the hard work for them. Right. Like, you know, it, you've made it easy uh, for pastors that want to strengthen marriages in their church. Um, and so we'll link to, in the show notes for this episode, ways that, are, or the places that pastors can download. I know there's a kit uh, that kind of yeah. just lays it's everything out a website they can go to, honoringmarriage2016.com. They can get everything they need from that. That's great. And let's talk about that third piece of, of the work that you guys are doing uh, with marriage. And that's... Yeah, the saving. Um, yeah, saving yeah. marriages that are in crisis. Uh, so talk about that important work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, 15 years ago, we started a, a ministry in, in Branson, Missouri. And it was basically a marriage ER called the National Institute of Marriage. And uh, <clears throat> we we spent years and years doing that. And over the years, we've probably seen 3,000 couples or so go through this kind of marriage ER. 
And what's cool, and these were couples who were in hardcore distress, on the brink of divorce, maybe divorce papers in hand. What we found is that when you track these couples, we tracked them for, for and after two years, 85% of those couples were still together. And that's not to say, hey, look at us. It's really what, I mean, God is all about marriage is being restored. He is always there. He's always fighting for our marriage. What we've discovered is there's some key things that if, if it happens, it really lends itself to couples getting back together. And so now that's a part of focus on the family. Mm. And so we, we have this place that couples can go. There are a couple different places and 85% successful. And I'll take those odds. Wow. Anytime. So Absolutely. what it does, it gives some couples hope because as you were talking a little bit earlier, what's what's so overwhelming for a lot of pastors is that when a couple is in crisis, they, they come to that pastor. What's cool is I saw a study that said that a couple's more likely to go to a pastor before even going to a counselor. Again, what a, what an opportunity. And so I believe that, that a pastor or, or someone within that church can play such a vital role of almost triaging, but then that for most pastors, they, they need somewhere to, to send. And so either you've got some great relationships with counselors in your area, but this is, I mean, this is a fantastic program. Mm-hmm. It's a, again, a marriage ER, 85% successful. So you can, you can be with that couple, praying with that couple, giving them hope and then say, now you need to go to this. Mm. And then, and then they'll plug right back into that church. Cause what we've watched is when couples feel helped, when they went through marriage crisis by a church, by pastor, man, they're, they're fans for life. I mean, they're, they are, you talk about loyal, you talk about a loyal fan base. I mean, I know that's a weird way to put it, but, but we've just watched that happen over and over and over again. Well, and is there like, you know, if a pastor is listening right now and has a couple in mind, man, these guys could use this. What's the way to, to actually connect those dots and help them, you know, get into the program? I mean, I imagine there's, there might be a waiting list for something. There is. Um, if, if they went to nationalmarriage.com, so it's, again, that's a part of Focus on the Family now, so you can either go to focusonthefamily.com, there's links there. Um, you can call 800-A-FAMILY and, and get in, they'll get connected that way. But nationalmarriage.com is the exact website for that intensive um, ministry that we have, and it's powerful. It's mm-hmm. all Christian, it's Christian licensed psychologists and therapists. I mean, you know, when, when you have a heart problem, you, you need to go to a heart specialist. And that's really what, what these counselors are. They really understand how to help a couple in crisis. Well, that's, a, yeah, you're right. That's amazing. 85%. I mean, those are, those are amazing numbers. And I, th- I just think about all the countless um, people that, you know, would benefit from that. Yeah. And even, do you have, even have, maybe I bet you have pastors that would even come and be a part of that. Yeah. And I tell you what, right off the bat, if there's a pastor who needs help, we, we give a 50% discount the moment that they call in. Just because we, we, boy, you talk about when I was doing those, I, I, I would have been so satisfied in life if all I did was work with pastoral couples who were hurting and, and doing intensive couples or intensives with those pastoral couples. So, boy, if, if that's where you're at, and even honestly, Andrew, it doesn't even have to be. For a pastor, it doesn't have to be like, well, we're on the brink of divorce. It could be that you're just stuck. It could be just there's some things going on, and we all can benefit from from help. We all go through hard seasons. Aaron and I did. I thought I thought my wife was going to leave me two years into our marriage. I was convinced that it was over, and we got in and got help, 
And we'd love to do that with a pastor. You give us a call, 800-A-FAMILY. We will get you into one of these intensives. Mm-hmm. And I promise you it'll help. And I think that's such a, such a powerful thing because I think, especially in the church, there can be a stigma against needing counseling or, or getting help. And that's one of the things I love about Focus is, is taking away that stigma and saying, no, we all, we all, all need help. You know, every relationship can can be improved and and can be made better. And that, that you look at the long-term benefits of, of a strong marriage on a family and, and just the impact that a strong marriage can have, it's worth fighting for. And I know you and your wife have written a lot about fighting for marriage. Yeah. And and so uh, so thank you so much for, for being with us, uh, yeah, being on, on this program. Uh, so many great things. And I, my encouragement to to all of those pastors and ministry leaders listening is to to explore all the ways that you guys are coming alongside of them uh, to help them in their work of, of strengthening marriages, preparing for marriage, and then and then also uh, saving marriages in crisis. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It's our joy to come alongside. We'd love to serve in any way. Thanks again to Dr. Greg Smalley for joining us this week as our special guest on the Church Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes and consider sending this episode to someone you know who might be blessed by its message. Make sure to download the show notes for this episode at churchleaders.com forward slash podcast. The show notes always include resources mentioned in the show and links to some of our guests' top content on churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website, churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.